0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: And Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Auburn Undercover podcast. My name is Nathan King, joined here by Jason Caldwell. We are live in front of Jordan-Hare Stadium, where in three days it's going to be a very rainy A-Day spring game um, for the first A-Day under Hugh Freeze. Jason, we, we got some clarity this week as we'll, we'll kind of spend this episode kind of talking about our expectations for A-Day, what we what we expect to see again on a rainy day from, uh, from various position groups and also um, what we've learned about this team so far in spring practice. But um, we got some clarity on what the format is going to be. It's something that Hugh Freeze teased at the beginning of spring ball something that he said has has sort of been the most productive for him in the past Um, you know he 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 was the first to admit sometimes spring games um just don't feel that competitive and and coaches like he mentioned you know they don't want a wasted day out of it because it is their 15th spring practice in in actuality so um he said they're going to put up a number of points on the scoreboard he said 24 Mm -hmm. earlier in spring ball but said he had they hadn't decided on a number yet and basically the goal is over the course of four quarters offense get to that number defense try to stop them
2: yeah i mean it you know, you look at it, and that's kind of it's it's kind of a number that you look at over the years. Go, hey, score twenty four points, or limit somebody to less than twenty four. Feel pretty good about winning a Win football again. game. Yeah, and yeah, So that's where it is. So you go like defense, limit them to less than twenty four. Offense, can you score more than twenty four? And so, I think it's a I think it's a fun um, fun way to do it. It's much much better than getting oh we get three points for a a, a three and out. You get two right. points for a cause fumble. I mean, those things are nice and they're important. But that's not how football games are scored. That's not how they're won. Because sometimes, you know, you, you may turn it over four times still win a game. And so um, I think it's a, a good idea, good fun format. Um, we'll see what the weather holds and, and how that's going to factor into to Saturday's game. But um, I think they're looking forward to, to finishing on a high note, Nathan, and a spring that has been filled with learning, yep. development, ups and downs, but normal for a first spring under a new coach staff.
1: Yeah, it's different than maybe – Year seven under Gus Melzon or or even like a year two under Brian Harson where you're saying we know what we have with this roster. Let's see what developments we can make with you know, position group A, you know, A, B, and C to try to win more games next season. And, and for Hugh Freeze, he was very transparent at the beginning of practice that look, we just want to get better at a few things here and there. Um, because I thought it's been interesting, Jason, really over the past week or so, both the coaches and players have said how big the summer is going to be. Yes, basically saying this is kind of a baseline right now, um, and so it seems like everybody's kind of in the same headspace about what they want to accomplish this spring. Um, something that was brought up by Hugh Freeze on, on his press conference on Monday was <laughs> the idea that's kind of floated around a little bit. It's been uh, It's picked up some national attention, actually. Um, ad- Hugh Freeze advocating for the idea of a spring game against another college program. He's not the first college coach ever to have this idea, but it is something that he says he's been an advocate for going back to his days at Ole Miss. The example he gave was, you know, you know, we could play somebody like UAB, Alabama could play somebody um, like Troy you know, Alabama State, whoever they, they end up thinking is the best fit for that kind of game. Um, you know, Jason, it's, it makes a lot of sense when you look at wanting the most competition. I've seen people also bring up the injury question yes. of, oh, you know what about injuries? Well, Hugh Freeze put it a good way. He said look, it's actually 50% Correct. safer because you have 11 players on the field instead of 22 and you've seen uh, Summerall at, at Troy, you've seen Trent Dilfer at UAB pick it up this week and say, heck yeah, we'd be, we'd be 100% down for that. Yeah, no, I think I think, it's, I think it's a
2: great idea, and you're right. It, it does, it, there's multiple things it does. You're right. First of all, it limits your, your injury possibilities by 50% because you're right. You only have one unit on the field at the same time instead of both of them. and So that's a big deal. I think it gives you a better understanding of where you are as a team and as a program too because, look, you're practicing against the same guys in a spring game. You may not do a bunch of different things, but it's also they haven't seen you. They haven't been able to, you know, th- this Auburn offense and defense right now, they've seen the same schemes and the same plays probably 100, 200 times already or more. So now you get a chance to go against something different. I think it'd be a good idea. That probably means that the NCAA won't do it because it's a good idea. <laughs> so uh, it's it's right now it's something that's getting floated, and it's probably gotten more attention now than it has
1: ever. And so uh, we'll see if it can grow and, and and come to something else. But I'd like to see it. Yeah, I'm not sure if a, if a coach at a program with the profile of Auburn's recently has has floated this out um, as much as Hugh Freeze did on Monday. Something I saw was was brought up on Twitter is actually for Division Two, so still under the NCAA, um, they are passing a rule next year in 2024 that they'll be able to do this. So maybe some progress um, going yeah. toward the future. Of, yeah, and it's, of already, I. and it's
2: already done in basketball, even right. though they can't publicize it, which is the dumbest thing in history to me. <laughs> uh, but baseball, you know, they, you know, Auburn played uh, Clemson a couple years ago, played Alabama last year. Uh, they played, you know, uh, Louisiana Tech last year. In baseball, they've done those things in the fall. It would seem to me that you could, could figure out a way to do something like that in the spring as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, speaking of UAB, Auburn has basketball now two straight seasons has scrimmaged against UAB um, in the preseason. And so, yeah, it's something that makes sense. You know, it's, it's not something that's going to come to fruition anytime soon, um, like you said, most likely, because you got to get that stuff on the table for a while. but shoot looking at SEC spring meetings at the end of at the end of May maybe that's something that's brought up amongst uh, amongst another of um, a number of other things for uh, for Hugh Freeze so kind of getting into the 8 day game now Jason like you mentioned it might be limited because of the rain in terms of uh, what we're going to see overall but something Hugh Freeze said on Monday was look I he kind of he was like look I'm putting it on the media like make sure y'all put this out there let the fans know what their expectations should be for this game. Um, Because I think the quote was, you know, unrealistic expectations create frustration. so, you know, I think just overall, you know, not position group by position group, but in terms of an overall product from the day, I think the main thing that Hugh Freeze is wanting to get across is, this is not reflective of the product you're going to see on the field in the fall. He said, if it is, we're going to be in big trouble. But our plan is for, like we talked about before, the summer and the fall are just as important as spring right now. So, you know, you're going to see Baseline stuff of how this team is different. Um, but really, I mean, Freeze took kind of a conservative approach with it. He said, Look, maybe one of our advantages as a team, yeah. looking at the schedule in 2023, maybe one of our advantages as a team is that we have new schemes on both sides of the ball. We have a bunch of new assistant coaches. And so, you know, maybe he, he admitted, you know, maybe it's a little bit of paranoia on, on my part, but he was like, Shoot, you know, we're going to use whatever advantage we, we have. So it's going to be a lot of vanilla stuff. I think that's kind of good to set that expectation for fans. All yeah,
2: time. and that's kind of a coaching thing. You're not going to show too much, and especially you're not going to show more than you have to and you know he mentioned talking about huddles some of those things i don't think we'll see a ton of tempo i think we're going to see a ton of tempo in the fall i don't think we'll see a ton of tempo on saturday i don't think that's something that they want to show how it impacts things but obviously we talked to players we talked to coaches the tempo's had a big impact offensively and defensively and i think it's as the spring has gone on once the offense has gotten more comfortable in what they're doing I think they've gotten better and better at, at, at executing and doing some of those things. So that's a positive for them coming in. You know, Defensively, how do you adapt? How do you adjust to, to some of those things? And and who steps up on both sides of the ball? That's, that's one of the things you always look for in an A-Day game. Sometimes, and maybe often, the guy that maybe has the biggest A-Day game doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be <laughs> a breakout performer. C.J. Tolbert. Yeah, <laughs> but – what you can see is the guys that you, hey, maybe this guy took a step forward. Maybe this freshman showed what he showed in practice. So does a guy like Keldrick Falk, do, does he show that on Saturday what he's shown throughout the spring in that situation? Does you know some of the newcomers, does Rivaldo Fairweather make a play or two, which he's done in just about every practice so far?
1: Those are the things I think
2: that coaches look for. And then how well do they execute on both sides of the ball?
1: All eyes are gonna be on the quarterbacks, obviously, and we've heard good and bad about pretty much all three of them. This spring, a couple weeks ago, it was the rise of, of Holden Gariner Some people were trying to pair that together with his with throwing at pro day, and I was like, ah, it might, it's probably more about what he's doing in practice rather than, than throwing on air at, at pro day. But he has had a good past couple weeks. Um, Hugh Free said, you know, he had he had the best week of the quarterbacks a couple weeks ago and continued that in, quote, a solid way. Um, we know Robbie Ashford's been dealing with a bit of a shoulder issue. But Jason, like like you've you've written about on the site, and like we've heard from players and coaches, um, he is he's been really good in practice the past few days, and the offense overall yeah. has had some really good practices over the past couple of days, which is. What you like to see in the spring because again it, it it's all advantages point to the defense a lot of the time when you're when you're settling in on on new schemes so maybe we'll see maybe we'll see some of that explosiveness from a guy like ashford but you know people have been trying to pick and choose so far from freeze like oh how are you going to implement the quarterbacks how are you going to distribute snap counts you know who's who's going to first second third team none of that matters right now they're just trying to get these guys to, to go and try to execute the offense the best way they can but i mean we saw flashes of it last year like like you said jason Picking and choosing little things from this game and saying here's a trend, there's a trend. Robbie Ashford was really exciting in this game last year. He was the guy we kind of came mm-hmm. away and said he made a lot of plays out there. And you know, T.J. Finley was fine, but he was maybe the guy who gives you a little bit higher of a ceiling. Um, so if Holden Gariner, somebody like that, comes out and, and is the most accurate passer, those are some things that you can that you can pay attention to rather than oh you know how many touchdown drives did they have stuff Correct. like
2: that. Right. Yeah, and, and a lot of that depends on who you're playing with, who you're playing against. Um, Whether they as, catch passes, correct. that's been I, a that, problem. I I want to say, say, as he freezes said, the wide receivers have to help in those regards too. So there's a lot of ways to look at it. But you're right, uh, the quarterbacks have all had their moments. Uh, you're right, Holden in the middle of practice was probably the guy, I think the last the last week or so especially, I think Robbie Asher has been a guy that has, has stepped up his play. T.J. Finley has been what it, T.J. Finley has been, which is he's the guy that, you know, makes probably less mistakes than anybody but but can you be the guy that takes an offense to the next level i think that's the, they're still waiting on that i think they've seen that in flashes from all the guys but yeah you're right can can you do that can you um you know really lead an offense and, and he freeze has talked about that and you mentioned summer this is an important week to head into the summer with momentum what's the last thing you see and I, I wrote it this earlier this week first impressions are important This week, last impressions may be the most important thing. And so which quarterback can go out there and leave a lasting impression heading into the summer?
1: Yeah, especially like we talked about with the spring game last year. There, it's in front of fans. I mean, that's Robbie Ashford last year. A bunch of fans came away and said, wow, you know, he's, he's an exciting player. What kind of opportunity is he going to have in the offense? We'll touch on defense um, for a minute. You know, so much of the conversation the past couple weeks has been particularly about the defensive front, and it's been a breath of fresh air to Auburn fans, how much they're going to rotate. I think that's one thing I'll be paying attention to. Obviously, the scheme under Ron Roberts, you know, kind of, you know, uh, analyzing what's different about last season. But, um, you know, seeing how many different guys they have. At different positions because Ron Roberts said look I want you know 22 to 25 guys who are capable of playing SEC football that includes nine defensive linemen that includes five or six linebackers and honestly Jason I don't know about your impression but mine so far has been that they feel pretty good about how many guys they're getting so far they've got to get guys to come along maybe you know three or four more on the defensive line but Josh Aldridge told us yesterday he said yeah I've got I've got four or five guys at linebacker that can that can go right now. So seeing what kind of capable talent they have, I think is, is is what I'm going to be looking for on A day, kind of in that one and two deep. Because if you've got guys in the quote, second group that doesn't matter too much but if you got guys in the second group going out there and looking like they know what they're doing they're making plays they're executing that's a big deal for this team because Ron Roberts really wants a, a deep group next season
2: it is and I think you look at it I think on both sides of the ball but especially defensively for me we've heard about the offensive line guys and they've, they've settled kind of settled in a little bit there I'm look I want to see the defensive line guys I want to see a Justin Rogers a, a Elijah McAllister um, some of those guys what do they look like and physically on the field uh Messiah and the kite. uh, Those guys, we've heard a lot about them. Know they've got experience. What do they look like meshed into this system? And then, you know, in Austin Keys, DeMario Tolton at linebacker, those front seven guys, anxious to see them, how they cut it loose, how they look physically, matched up in scrimmage type situations, which is what we'll see on Saturday. So lots of things to look forward to. Looking forward to just seeing these guys on the field in a game-type
1: situation. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, the weather holds out, and uh, we'll have a fun day on Saturday. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we haven't touched on them too much, but the offensive line I think has been has been maybe one of the MVPs of the past. They're not going to get as much individual Correct. recognition on Saturday. I think as as a group, that group
2: has probably taken the most strides from day one to now the end of the spring, just because they were all new. And we've heard how much they've already kind of meshed together, come together, and the offense and the running game has kind of clicked. That says a lot about those older guys meshing with you know, Tate Johnson and Cam Stutz and Jeremiah Wright, some of these guys that are holdovers. Um, to to form a, a pretty solid
1: group already on that offensive line. Before we go, Jason, we'll have a, we'll have a story about this on uh, on Friday. Kind of our picks for MVP, but you know, kind of knee jerk reaction. Who who who's a name? Maybe a couple names on offense and defense you think could have a good day on Saturday. Yeah,
2: you always toward towards lean towards running backs. I would go Damari Austin it would be my offensive. Line. That'd be my offensive pick there. Defensively, you look at it and and you know it's it's hard sometimes to to kind of find that guy. I would probably go with a. Uh, maybe even a guy like powell gordon i mean he may get a lot of run there and he may be a guy that can get after the quarterback some down the line and see if he can become a little bit more in that edge rush spot. So I'm going to go with a couple of, of younger
1: guys. I like your Alston pick a lot. somebody I thought about. I'm going to go with somebody you talked about earlier, that Hugh Free said on Monday has been the most consistent pass catcher regardless of position. That's Rivaldo Fairweather. He's he's ultra-athletic. He took over that first-team tight end spot immediately as soon as he came in. And if he's as consistent as we hear um, and we've seen at practice, I think he'll be able to have a good day out there. On defense, I'm going to go with Jeffrey Embaugh. You know, if, if he is as confident at that defensive end spot, and Jeremy Garrett you know, said that's a really good spot when you look at his individual skills, Set. Maybe he'll have an opportunity to go out there and make some plays, but like we just talked about, the O lines are pretty good. So if he's out there making plays, that reflects well um, on him. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. We'll uh, we'll wrap it up there. If you watched on our uh, YouTube channel, thanks for tuning in. If you guys listen to the podcast, we will have one. If this posts on Thursday morning, we'll have one on Friday where Jason and Christian will get into what recruiting visits to expect um, from a day this weekend. So for Jason Caldwell, I'm Nathan King, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll talk to y'all later.